Hello and welcome to a Word for This Day podcast. I'm Jory Schaefer, the show's host and creator, and I'm just so thankful that you chose to listen today. Welcome back to those of you who have been uh, with us on this journey for several days, and um, and hello and welcome to those of you who are new. Um, I have prayed for you this morning before I started recording, as I do um, just about every day. Asking God to just draw you closer to Him and to give you more of a hunger and a thirst for His Word. And I pray that you'll just continue to see how important it is to be in His Word every day. Not as something just to check a box and to say, oh, I'm a good little Christian, but to truly to know Him. If you have His Holy Spirit in you and you are a Jesus follower, um, you you will want to know more of Him. You'll want to know how to be more like the Father. And it's not hard. Um, we just have to spend time. We have to make the time. I, I realized in my life how much time I was um, wasting scrolling through social media or or just doing nothing. And life is too short for that, friends. I'm not saying don't do social media because I still I still look every now and then, but uh, God convicted me that I needed to put Him first and spend more time with Him. And He is redeeming that time. And I pray that He'll do it for His glory. I would encourage you to continue to um, share with friends or family or co-workers or on your social media with anyone that you think may uh, enjoy having just a this time of uh, Bible study and time of devotion each day. It's not to listen to me, but it truly is to bring Him glory and to encourage um, others to be in His Word. And with that, we come to our verse, our word, or our verse for this day, for February the 7th, 2022, and the, the word for this day is found back in the book of Genesis, in chapter 2, verse 7, and it reads as follows from the ESV, Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. Oh my, so much good stuff in here. So we're back in Genesis. We talked about this on January the 31st uh, when we had um, a verse in there, and that was talking about creation as well. And in this part of Genesis, the um, Moses is going into more detail about creation and about how man was created. And... Um, Many of us have read this several times over the course of our lives, and maybe some of you haven't parked on this, but um, there are just so many treasures in His Word, and I'm excited to jump in here. Um, <clears throat> if you haven't um, had a chance to listen to the January 31st episode, I talk a lot about the author of Genesis, and, um, and we are fairly certain based on lots of other scriptures that it is Moses and uh, we know that God gave Moses the book of the law um, or it's also referred to as the book of Moses which is the first five books of the Bible uh, Genesis Exodus Leviticus Numbers and Deuteronomy and um, God told Moses what to write down of course Moses wasn't here during creation um, he came some I think 300 years later but 
this uh, account was given to him by God, and it was inspired by the Holy Spirit, given to him by God. And um, I'm just uh, excited for us to park here and see what we can learn today. As we discussed last month, um, in that first chapter of Genesis, um, it outlines creation, what happened on each of the six days. And on the sixth day, we know that um, God made the creatures. Let's see, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 24, this is on the sixth day, it says, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things, and beasts of the earth according to their kinds, and it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds, and the livestock according to their kinds, and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And then we bump over to chapter 2, and that's where he goes into more detail about how he did it. And, you know, this first man was created from dust. We read that um, if we back up to uh, verse 5 of chapter 2, it says, When no bush of the field was yet in the land, and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up, although we know he had already done vegetation in an earlier day, um, for the Lord God had had not caused it to rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground, and a mist was going up from the land and was watering the whole face of the earth, the ground. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. So God did the forming just like he had made um the earth out of nothing, the heavens and the earth out of nothing. There was void, there was darkness, and and uh, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit were there, and they created um, all of that. And then we get to this last day um, after all of creation, and then God puts man here. Um, and it's interesting to me that he made him um, out of dust. He He made the creation and then he put his breath of life in it, um, into the man. And then scripture recounts, and you can read this in chapter 2 of Genesis, that um, the Lord brought all the beasts of the field for the man to name and to take care of. And then he said, it's not good for man to be alone. And so he made woman, and he took a, a rib from from this first man and created woman from uh, from that rib so that man would have a suitable helper. Now, as we know, because of biology, all the rest of us have been created differently because God had that plan. And we read in Psalm 139, though, no matter how we were created, whether it was uh, the first Adam and Eve or, uh, or the way that God had a plan for each of us to be created, um, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. We find that in Psalm 139, 14. So it is, it's just miraculous. It's marvelous. Um, and it, I pray that it will cause you to praise your creator that he had such a plan. Now, we've talked about before, and you may have heard me say before in some of, of our other episodes, how, um, 
it's good for us to remember, and sometimes we need to remember that we are we are just but dust. And when I say that, it's to remind us that we are the created. There is a creator. We are the created ones, and it's so we won't uh, think more highly of ourselves than we ought. We see a little farther over in um, Genesis chapter 3 in verse 19. Uh, well, I'll just back up and say after the fall of man, after um, Adam and Eve had disobeyed God, um, and God was telling him, well, now, now that this has happened, this is what is in store for you. And um, he tells them, he tells Adam in chapter uh, 3, verse 19, he says, By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return. And this is a not not to make you feel bad. Certainly this uh, lesson would not be politically correct in today's environment. <laughs> Uh, but it is biblically correct. We are the created. God has created us. He formed us. He, uh, the original man was made from dust, and to dust we will return. Uh, but there's good news. There is always good news. Uh, not only did he form Adam, and um, and we read about um, other descriptions of that, if you think about where the scriptures talks talk about how um the Lord is the potter and we are the clay. Clay is dirt mixed with some water to make something that's moldable and formable. And he is our potter. We are just dust mixed with some water and, and made into a lump of clay that our Father um, just keeps working on and just keeps working on. And sometimes so like clay pots that are uh, useless uh, potters will tell you that they just they sometimes have to throw those clay pots away and they're broken but then the potter um, starts over and he starts molding and shaping and reshaping and redoing because he loves us because he he is the one that has the plan for what our lives should be and the sooner we acknowledge that, the sooner we realize that we have a loving, loving Heavenly Father who truly wants what's best for us, then we can stop um, arguing with Him and um, get rid of all that pride and just humble ourselves before Him and let Him do His work in us. Um, he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. And... Um, his way is best. I love this from the book of Isaiah, this kind of warning that we see um, from Isaiah 45, 9. It says, Woe to him who strives with him who formed him, a pot among earthen pots. Does the clay say to him who forms it, What are you making? Or your work has no handles. Woe to him who says to a father, What are you beginning? Or to a woman, With what are you in labor? Thus says the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, and the one who formed him, Ask me of things to come. Will you command me concerning my children and the work of my hands? I made the earth and created man on it. It was my hands that stretched out the heavens, and I commanded all their host. I have stirred him up in righteousness, and I will make all his ways level. He's our creator, and he does want to stir us up into righteousness. That's why he... That's why he searches us out if we've gone astray, just like the parable of the lost sheep that we read about in Luke 15. Um, and this is Jesus telling this story. 
It says in Luke 15, beginning in verse 3, it says, So he told him this parable, What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. He loves for us to come back to Him. That's what He wants. And if we look over in um, Isaiah, jumping over to chapter 64, uh, verse 8, and I hope we can pray this back to the Father. I hope you can pray this back to the Father, friend. It says, But now, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. Be not so terribly angry, O Lord, and remember not iniquity forever. Behold, please look, we are all your people. He longs for us to return to him, and he loves us so much. Well, we could just spend so much time on that part, but there's more to this verse. There's more to this verse. In It says, Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. Now, when we look up what it means there where it says um, breath, the breath of life, um, that has a Hebrew root, and it's nesma. The transliteration is nesma, and it means breath of God. So he put his breath of God in man. He did it to Adam. He did it to us. And... Oh my goodness, if you just think about God breathed his breath. So there was a there was a, a clay vessel, an earthen vessel, um excuse me, made out of dust, but it wasn't until God breathed his breath into his nostrils that it became a living being. Just want to show you a couple of uh, really neat things. If we um if we jump over to Job thirty three uh, beginning in verse 4. And we pick up here that in the story of Job, Job has had, you know, Satan ask if he could uh, really attack Job, and God allowed it because um, God, in his sovereignty, knew that Job would uh, give him all the glory. But Job had had a rough time. He was lamenting and lamenting, and he had some friends there who were not helping very much. And then this much younger man named Elihu comes on the scene, and he kind of gives, he lets Job know, he puts him in his place, and he puts um, the the three supposed friends in their place. And Elihu is talking here in Job 33, and I love what he says, and it goes with this. It says, my words declare the uprightness of my heart, and what my lips know, they speak sincerely. And I'm sorry, that begins in Job 33, verse 3. The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Oh my goodness, it comes all from him. Don't you just love that? And let me show you some other really neat things. When we look in the Old Testament, most of the places where it says spirit, and there's a capital S, and even some of the lowercase s's, um, that Hebrew word is, um, the transliteration of that is ruah, R-U-A-H is how it's pronounced. And it means breath or spirit. So when you see the Holy Spirit, it's the Holy Breath, the Holy Spirit of God. And 
That is what is breathed into us that gives us life. And then when we jump over to the New Testament and we see spirit, um, that the Greek for that, because mostly the in the New Testament it was in Greek and the Old Testament was in Hebrew. Um, in Greek, it's pneuma, P-N-E-U-M-A. It's like where we get pneumonia for lung or pneumatic for air and that sort of thing. But it means a current of air, a breath, or to breathe. And that's the, the word picture of what God does for us. He puts his breath in us. And when we become new new creations in Christ, when we believe in Christ, he puts his Holy Spirit, his holy breath inside us. It's still him. It's the essence of God, but it's in us. And oh, friend, that is such a blessing. When we believe on his son, Jesus, when we um, confess that we are sinners, that we're just dust and clay and, and that we make mistakes and we ask Jesus to forgive us, he does, and then he puts his Holy Spirit in us, and oh my goodness, that's how we're able to live for him. That's able. That's how we're able to walk this very difficult road um, in this world that we're in, this dark and dying world that we're in. That's how we're able to be a light for him, and that's how we can have our hope. I mean, even when things are rough, even when we're going through some difficult times, whether it's for us, for us to be changed, or or whether it's to be a witness to someone else, um, you know, it's all for the glory of God. It is all for the glory of God, and He puts that Spirit, He puts His breath in us, that Holy Spirit, when we believe in His Son Jesus, and then we can um, we can have this joy um, that we see in Romans chapter eight, beginning in verse one. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk according to the flesh, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, and and it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Oh, that is such an encouragement. And then we I'm going to close. I'm going to jump over to this um, section in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning in verse 7. You know, we've talked about how God um, formed man out of dust and how we're clay. We're just these uh, 
earthen vessels that he works on and he shapes and he molds and and he keeps working on but because of his son Jesus he um he breathes life into us and you know he breathed life into Adam and then there was the fall and so Jesus came for us and we can still have that life in him life here and then life everlasting eternally and I, I just love this word picture in Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. It says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay. The treasure is the Spirit. You and I, believers, are jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way but not crushed, perplexed but not driven to despair, persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. And jumping down to 13. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke, we also believe and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And then we jump over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6. It says, So we are also of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, yet we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. And friend, how can we know more of him? How can we um, allow him to mold us and make him more and uh, make us more and more the way um he wants us to be. Well, he's going to do it one way or the other. <laughs> um, if you don't humble yourself in, before the Lord, he will do the humbling for you. But if you have that hunger and thirst for righteousness and you want to be like him, we can learn so much more of his ways and be changed and transformed by the renewing of our minds if we're in his word. So I would encourage you, friend, um, to read God's word, to study God's word, to live God's word, and to share God's word. I want to leave you with this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Blessings to you, friend. Until next time.